Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. And welcome to Business Owners Radio, Episode 41. Today, our topic is a challenging segment to all businesses, and that would be sales. Donald Kelly is billed as a sales evangelist in speaking engagements and workshops around the world. He'll be joining Shai and I to talk about this fascinating and sometimes frustrating topic that is so critical to successful businesses. Good morning, Shai. Good morning, Craig. Hey, Shai. What do you think is one of the most overlooked factors for long-term success of a business? Well, that's an easy one, actually. I think it has to be sales. I know that sounds kind of obvious, but I think what happens is business gets so focused nowadays on their product and on their operations that they can overlook the most important thing that keeps the cash coming in the doors, which is really having a good sales process. Yeah, and as the old cliche says, nothing happens until someone sells something. You can have all the great operations in place and everything going, but until a sale comes in the door, nothing moves. And it's fascinating. Sales has changed. Google has made us sort of a research-based consumer, whether it be B2B or whether it be actual consumers. Today, buyers and consumers are 60% through the buying cycle before they even contact the business. And in that case, they've already researched which business they're going to buy from. And what are buyers and consumers expecting from company sales personnel these days? We're fortunate to have a guest today that really is focused and is passionate about sales and looking at the sales processes and see what's changed and what's really working today. Our guest today is Donald Kelly. Donald is passionate about sales and helping sales leadership and sales teams reach and exceed their goals. He has created sales training for workshops, seminars, webinars, online courses, and one-on-one sales coaching. Additionally, Donald travels for speaking engagements and finds time to host his own podcast, The Sales Evangelist. And with that great intro, let's start the conversation. Good morning, Donald. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm excited to be here with you guys. Uh, It's great to have you on the show today. Boy, I was looking and researching a lot of your background and tell me how you got started in sales. Well, thanks for asking. My background in sales would say start early on as a child. I grew up in Jamaica and in Jamaica, you have to hustle. In most of the countries outside the U.S., it's not like, you know, you're going to expect to have that nine to five job when you're all said and done. You can go to school and still not get that nine to five job, but you have to figure out a way to hustle. And the end result is you need to get food on a table. You need to provide for your family, whatever means necessary, make it happen. So that's the mentality that I grew up with. That's the culture that I grew up with. So you do that by maybe you sell stuff on the side of the road. Maybe you have a little business where you get stuff from the U.S., you import it and sell it. You figure out a way to get the money. That's the end result. So who cares what you do in the daytime? Figure a way to get the end result. So that culture or a mindset grew in my mind. My dad was an entrepreneur, still is an entrepreneur in Jamaica. And my mom, I saw her hustle all the time. 
my aunt had a little shop, a family store, and I worked in that store. So I grew up with that idea. If you want to make some money, then you got to sell something. You got to exchange value. And I would do that early on, selling things in a front yard, climbing a mango tree, getting some mangoes or putting cookies in baggies and selling them. So that, that ideology resonated with me that that's what business is about. As an entrepreneur, you sell. So fast forward now, you come into my earlier post-high school era when I got formal selling jobs. I sold IT training classes, and it was pretty cool. It was my first time going out into the business world and and doing sales. I'd done some side hustles and some little projects and some teenage entrepreneurial stuff, but this was like the first time getting out there. And that was like my first gig in the business world. And it was awesome. It was humbling, and it was a learning experience all in one and very rewarding. I was able to buy my first car and all this cool stuff that happened. So that's my how I got started in sales and my very, very first gig um, in the actual selling career. Yeah, I can feel that energy and excitement and how that pulled you right along. And then you evolve into having the sales evangelist. How did that develop? Out of messing up a lot. (laughs) (laughs) The term evangelist, I know some people listen here that denotes some kind of a religious thing, but in actuality, the evangelist side is I evangelize effective selling. I mean, I want to proclaim, just like some folks with the religious side, they want to proclaim their religious belief. I want to proclaim the benefits of effective selling and how to do so. I started using a term when I was working for a managed IT company post-college. And in this company, everyone had the same title, account representative, blah, blah, blah. And I go to networking events and everyone had the same title. So I was like, you know, I got to stand out, man. What can I do to stand out, Craig? And I said, I want to be known as a technology evangelist. And I coined that term from Guy Kawasaki when he was working with Apple. He was their chief evangelist. And I thought it was a phenomenal term. So I was a technology evangelist and I would stand out at a networking event and I would show my tablet and pretend like I'm coming from the mountaintop with this message and everyone was would remember me. So at the end of the networking event, I saw that I had a bigger connection with folks as opposed to everyone else who was saying, I'm an account manager, I'm account representative of XZ company. So this provided a way for me to have an eye opener. So when I got into podcasting, I was on my buddy's podcast, Jared Easley, and then post that, Jared was able to encourage me to form my own podcast. And in a discussion, we said, why don't we use, he's like, you're always talking about sales. You're like an evangelist. And we said, well, I should use that term again that I used evangelist. So, but now it'd be the sales evangelist. So I evangelize effective selling and it grew into just, it was a hobby, man. I was telling people about sales and interviewing folks and it was a fun thing. And then I got hit with one of those Facebook messages. Somebody was like, can you do some coaching for me? And I was like, uh, uh, sure. And then it went into... <laughs> Pull one of that out clients. of my back pocket, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. So that, that went to more coaching opportunity, led to some training opportunity, speaking opportunity. And the podcast will be three years old, end of this year in December. And last July, a year ago, was when I fully jumped ship from my full-time software selling career into doing TSC full-time because it gained feet of its own and started to walk now. So it's pretty cool. Absolutely. And congratulations on the progress. Thank you, sir. Man, I've gone through decades of sales and marketing. And then back in the early days, uh, you were a sales rep, you know, for a company. And later on, it got into this thing called consultative selling. And you went through that courseware and you tried that methodology and you work that side. And then there was this phase where no one wanted to be called a sales representative. They all changed their cards to business developer, right? Uh And then this thing came around as far as trusted advisor, you know, back to the consultative side a bit. And now with social media, there's so much change in the sales environment over the years. What have you seen over the last few years? 
You know, you're exactly right with that. I've seen a lot of folks being in the consultative selling mindset to now, you know, a lot of social sellers. What I think is changing a lot is that we are looking more so at connecting with the prospect as opposed to us pushing our own agenda. One of the mentalities or ideology I've learned from a mentor was treat others the way that they would like to be treated. And for so long, I feel in the selling world, the seller we had all the information and we had all the information that people were trying to find. And it made it so much easier for them to come to us and to learn from us. And it depended on us. However, the evolution in the selling methodologies, where it comes to consultative selling or to challenge seller or to social selling, it provides that now the buyer has a lot of control. They have a lot of knowledge. They have a lot of information and we can't go with the same approaches. So that's what I see as a big evolution The information is not being held by the seller. It's held by everyone now. So the way you come about it has to be more in a conversational manner or has to be in a unique way, or you have to be able to teach or provide something that I don't know already. If you're providing me stuff that I find on your website, then it's like boring. I want to be able to have someone that could come and share stuff with me, educate me on things that I may not know that I can't see in my industry or business. And that's the evolution that I'm seeing right now. Very much a discovery process between the client and the salesperson. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely that discovery, but they want you to come with a little bit more knowledge. It's kind of like think before I need to think. Someone mentioned to me they had a training session with one of their prospect and they were testing some stuff out and a prospect plainly just told them, you know what, I want you to be able to share with me what's going to affect my business in six months and how you can help me to prevent that. They wanted to get information like that as opposed to outdated knowledge. And how would you define today's role of marketing versus sales? Where do you see the line these days? I had a good conversation with a gentleman, Ali Mirazi actually this morning, he's out of Atlanta and he's coming on my show doing a little episode with me. But one of the things that we chat about, the difference between that is there's almost like a blurred line nowadays, you know, with sales and marketing. The way I like to look at it is if you had a company and you have sales and marketing, they need to be married, like really, really married. Too often we see that there's a separation. But if we had the same agenda with both departments, we can see some great success. And you just have to have some distinct role, just like in a relationship. You know, for instance, even my business right here, my wife and I, we do a lot in business. I'm the front of the business. I do a lot of the podcasting and so forth, but she's the main genius behind the scenes. You know what I mean? So we have distinct roles, but the role has an end goal. And too often we've had the separation of the marketing department and the sales department. I personally feel where it was like we pointed fingers. We're not getting leads because of the marketing or the sales guys are trying to lowball the pricing, but there needs to be more conversations of the marriage between those two, especially in the era where we're using so much social media, we need to equip our sellers more as marketers. And Marcus Sheridan probably said it best in that sense. We need to have marketers where the sales rep act in a sense like marketers, but your obviously your end goal is to bring clients into the business and to close more leads. Yeah, there's that close integration between the two. And today's new tools as far as sales tracking and CRM and so forth really does try to marry those two in a tight formation flight, if you will. Oh, yeah. 
And uh, you see that now with a lot of the SaaS companies. You see the way that they market. Their sales reps are out there on Twitter. Their sales reps are doing LinkedIn. Their sales reps are doing blog posts. You know, Their sales reps are doing little webinars and different trainings. I mean, I felt for years we've just tried to pretend like marketing was a redheaded stepchild of sales or sales was a redheaded stepchild of marketing. We can't abandon them or we can't fight against each other. We need to have a cohesive partnership, but more so especially in the social age where your sales reps are out there. There and they're part of the marketing team and they're closing business. So we just have to get rid of the divides, I, I would say, that put up the roadblocks between departments and have a unilateral communication that ties towards the end goal of generating more money for the organization. Let's talk about the difference between you know selling big ticket items and big ticket products versus low cost services. What are you seeing different out there now with social media and the tools we have available? Oh, man, it's almost like when you're selling the smaller end items, like a commodity item in a sense, you know, things that you could probably pay for under uh, $100, $500, even sometimes even things less than $1,000, things that people can just go and do information on themselves and, and, and close deals. It's almost like they don't need the sales rep in those products anymore. I mean, Amazon proved that successfully, that we can just go on there. We can find our research. I'll give you an example. My wife and I bought a camera. I wanted to get a camera and previously, even for me, uh, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, what I would have done, the traditional way, would have gone to Best Buy and I would have spoken to a bunch of people and I would have went over to Circuit City, who's like no longer around. I would have went to some of these other stores and tried to find more information on a camera and one that they can educate me on and one that is going to be the best for my ability and the cheapest. I would fight on price. You know, Circuit City had it for this price. Best Buy had it for this price. But what we're starting to realize now, when we bought our camera, we did none of that. I mean, we went online. I post on Facebook. I'm looking for a new camera. Any recommendation? And then I had a flood of comments from my friends. I had my friends socially selling me. They provided all the information. I was able to ask questions. People showed me pictures of what they're doing and so forth and what they're using. And I came down to that. We're going to get the Canon Rebel. And we eventually, we went to the store with our knowledge armed and was able to purchase that. Fast forward now, why would I need to continue with that sales rep? That was an easy job for him. I just went and told him, this is what I want. And he got it out of the case and I paid for it and we were done. When you look at the bigger ticket items now, some of those things, the reason why they're bigger ticket is probably because they have a complexity in their performance. Like, for instance, I did software sales. And when we sold software, we sold software to governments that were 50,000 plus. Um, sometimes you get 100,000 for the software. And with that, there's a whole other level of complexity where you needed someone that can educate you and make sure that this is going to be a tool that you buy that can generate results for your organization. So they needed a consultant in that sense. But you're coming in as this expert that can share knowledge, that can bring value to the table and how this product will solve this particular challenge that they're facing and how it will help them to generate money. When it comes down to it, everyone is kind of, you know, in some way, like it to be about us. And your clients want to know, what is it in for me? How can this generate more business for me? Or how can this bring down expenses? So with the bigger ticket items, that's where it goes back to this evolution now, where the seller needs to be this educator of information, not just an educator of their product, but educator in how can this help my business? There's a phenomenal book, and it's called Three Value Conversations, one of my new favorite sales books. But the concept in this book is that sellers need to come forward with business knowledge. You need to have business acumen now. You need to provide information and not just product knowledge. The executives and people who are listening to the show, folks on your podcast and your community, 
they don't want somebody that's going to come and spew product knowledge. They want somebody that's going to come and spew business knowledge. Like, how can this help my business? So that's where I see the difference now. If you want to get a commodity item, Facebook, you can do Facebook ads, you can sell Facebook ads, and you can get in front of people, provide some education, some webinars, and people can purchase that. But when you come to those complex things or the services that require an expert, so to speak, those are the things that you still need to have that professional rep for that's not just a product pusher, but as a business professional. So Donald, what are the most common mistakes that you see business owners make in their approach to sales? Good question, especially with smaller, mid-sized businesses. I've seen some companies that I've worked with, and they weren't the conglomerate like Colgate or Palmolive or any of these, but the smaller companies, one of the things that I've seen is that the business owner, CEOs, as they're developing their sales team, they tend to typically get sales reps that were friends, family, or they get people that they've had some kind of you know relationship with. And I feel that's it's good to find people that you know and you like, but one of the big issues is that you can't hire someone based on if you think they have a great personality for sales. And a lot of the smaller companies, that's what they do. They hire people. This person is a friend of mine. There's a friend of mine's son, and they have a great personality. I think they're going to kill it in sales. But nine times out of 10, those people don't necessarily become the most successful person in a company because person personality alone doesn't make sales. And I think that's one of the issues. The second issue comes around hiring, making sure you get the right talent, not just the outgoing persons, because Daniel Pink proved that to be wrong when he said that the successful sellers are a mixture of outgoing and introverts, and he calls them ambiverts. So those people tend to be some of the most successful people in selling. The other thing that I would say is that a lot of the small, mid-sized companies, one of the things that they do is they wing it too much. And I would tell you today, use this as a quotable term, no more winging it. (laughs) And what I mean by that is they've had some people do well in sales. They have new people come in and there's no formal process. There's no formal, here's the thing. If you do these things, you're going to be successful. There's none of that. It's throwing them out into the lion's den, so to speak, and then hoping and praying that they're going to be successful. You would never do that in your finance department. And too often we see people do that in the sales department. Just put them out there and hope that they'll thrive. We need to give them proper training. We need to give them guidelines on our process. We need to improve their business acumen. And the more you can fine tune that process within your organization, the more you can onboard people quicker. Your retention rate is going to be in the more because your sellers are going to make more sales. You're giving them a roadmap or a path to success. And the cleaner and more succinct you can do this, the greater it will be. And the third thing that I would share that typically happens is that they take people who are great sellers and make them into managers. And that's not the way you need to do business. You need to find people that are going to manage and coach. First of all, not necessarily manage. Find a person who can be a coach for your sellers. Get a sales leader that can come in and that can be that coach, not competing against them. One of the mistakes I find, too, is that some business owners feel that if my sales manager is selling, then that's going to be twice as successful. I would rather have a sales manager that's a coach that can meet with my reps, that can take care of some of the sales operation processes and make sure my team's successful as opposed to clutter up their pipeline. If I can give them a success based on the outcome of their sellers, I can tell you that sales manager is going to perform well and they're going to do all they can to help that team to grow. So those are some of the things that I see initially, especially with businesses, some of the mistakes that they make is hiring the wrong people, not having processes, throwing them out there and hoping. And back in the days, we used to call that, you know, give them the phone book and let them go sell them. But that doesn't work, obviously. And then the third part is making sure that your sales manager is a sales coach that can coach and guide your team. Yeah, I love this. I'm thinking about how, you know, you got to have that hustle like we talked about, right? The old school, open the phone book and start making some calls. But without a process and without the right coaching, you can only get so far with hustle, especially in today's environment. 
Oh yeah, it's a recipe for disaster. We can't set people for failure. I'll tell you, I was in a company and I take full credit for my failure. So I admit that it was my fault. But I also can say because of some of the management structure that a lot of people came in there and it was like a revolving door, man. I hated it because you meet someone, you go to lunch, you have a cool relationship. And next thing you know, they're like gone in like, you know, three months and you start to see the process because these people were set up for failure. They didn't give them the proper tools for success. And I tried my best to help and encourage them. And this is like one of the even more reasons why I start my podcast because I'm tired of seeing people go through such struggles. I want to help people to be able to do big things in sales or in life. And sales can be a great opportunity for that, but you can't set people up for failure just by pushing them out there. Give them the proper tools and they'll thrive. And I've seen this over and over again where they hire in five and they're going to keep two kind of thing. And, you know, great people, they just weren't given all of the things that you're talking about. They weren't given any mentoring, no minimal tools, sink or swim. And they'll leave that company and go to the competitor and just do fabulous because the environment there of great mentorship, great team building, great sales skills, improvement, they do fantastic. So the investment is very important on the business owner's side. Yeah, I was just listening to a a talk this morning. And one of the things that the lady was emphasizing was back in the days, you know, educators used to say this person is smarter. So therefore, I'm going to put more time with them and help them to be more successful. And the only reason that person was more successful was because the fact that you coached them, you told them, hey, you're going to be great. And you're smarter. So that's going to that pushes them to want to perform better. And I mean, it's been proven in education. I think in the sales world, we are unfortunately sometimes behind the eight ball where we say this person is going to be great at selling. So I push the resources on them when in actuality, the other person could be just as successful. You just didn't give them the resource. It's favoritism and it comes down to it. And Donald, you know, one thing I hear again and again from business owners is, you know, I I just don't really like sales. I don't like trying to talk people into buying things. You know, I started this company. I have a great product. I have a service I believe in. And I just don't want to deal with it. What do you recommend to help people get over that roadblock? I hear this too, man. And it's so, so darn true. People, the entrepreneur, the inventor, the creator came up with this idea. I would say take the term sales out of it. I had this client I was working with in the HVAC industry and some of their technicians were out there and they don't realize as a technician, they are salespeople. But when you told them salespeople, they're like cringe and they say, oh, this is so horrible. I can't believe you just insulted me like that. But dude, I said, take the sales out of there. You are providing value because some of these guys took pride in their work. They didn't want clients to complain. They didn't want them to have any issue. They are techs and they wanted a great thing. So we focus on bringing value to their clients, focus on being all about making sure that the clients were taken care of and that that little tweak helped them to be able to better perform. They had some increase in sales because people are not just looking at themselves as a sales rep. I don't care if you don't, if you don't think you're a sales rep, let's take the term out of there. And let's use something else. But the principle is that your job is to help bring revenue into the company. And as an entrepreneur, if you don't like sales, you can't be in business. Unfortunately, I'm just going to give it to you straight and hard and you know dirty. You cannot be in business. You're not going to be successful. And if you can't master this part, again, your business is not going to thrive. And if you look at it, not necessarily, again, not as sales, look at it in this sense then. If I created the most amazing water filter system, I am going to be happy about it. I want to tell people about that. It becomes your moral obligation if you have a better way of doing something to tell the world about it. And that is essentially sales, but you don't have to be salesy, if that makes sense. Somebody can come out and they can tell people about that. If I was to find a cure for cancer, 
I can tell you I'm going to be excited. I'm going to tell the world about it because that's my freaking moral obligation. So many people are suffering and I can help them and I don't want to tell anybody about that. Nah, that's not cool. You need to tell the world. If you have a service that's going to help a business, you got to tell other people about it. If you have a product that's going to help a finance department do better, you got to be willing to tell the world about it. So think about it in a different sense. You don't necessarily have to do the cold call, you know, if you're fear of rejection, but there's ways that you can get that message out there. And that is the way we need to look at it. And that is sales. Put, turn it any single way. We can change the terminology, but that is sales. And if you have a problem telling people about the ways that you can help them, if you have a problem with that, again, as an entrepreneur, you're going to have a really, really tough time. And unfortunately, I don't see a business going to the next level where you want it to be. Like so many other things, you know, the biggest part of getting unstuck is just learning to shift your perspective on the thing you're trying to do. Oh, my goodness. And we thank our buddy Stephen Covey for that. You know, Stephen shared that uh, successfully in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. And paradigm shift can be just as important in the sales arena. And I wonder now, since we have this wonderful opportunity with the sales evangelist, Donald Kelly. Donald, if you could say right now, speaking to our business owners out there, one thing, what is one thing they could do right now that would help them improve their conversions? One way to improve your conversions, just something that just comes straight to the mind, it would be to know your prospect's business inside and out. And when I say know the business, I'm not talking about know their physical structure and where they're located and the people in the company. I mean to know their industry, know their business inside and out. The platinum rule, someone told me this and I just found out there's an actual term for it now. I've been saying it for years but treat people the way that they would like to be treated. And business owners, sometimes, unfortunately, we want to get our agenda across and we might want to say something a certain way or we want to do an ad a certain way or market a certain way. And unfortunately, that is selfish and we're only focusing on ourselves. But if we were to treat our prospects the way that they would like to be treated, the way that they would like to be marketed to, the way that they would like to get information. And if we were to do that, I think more businesses would see greater success and not think I think this is great. Find out what is a prospect think is great. Do focus groups, do phone calls, just chat with people, email, learn from them and see what they want and do that. Don't give people pistachio ice cream if their favorite is vanilla. That will never work. Well, Donald, you bring so much to the sales community and so much to our listeners. And you have so much more, I know, looking at your website and hearing you in the past. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really enjoyed our time with you. Well, thank you so much. I enjoyed it as well. Uh, You guys got me excited. Whenever I get to talk sales, no matter how often, I get pretty stoked about it. And I know how struggling it can be, especially when you have a business you're trying to grow. And one of the most successful ways that we can grow our businesses is through the form of gaining referrals. It's been very helpful for me and my business. Uh, I got a really awesome referral the other day from a client. And what I have done is created a three-part video training, if you guys don't mind. Um, It's altogether probably about 45 minutes worth of content and it's totally free and I want to give it to your community and they can get it by going to thesalesevangelist.com forward slash business owners radio again thesalesevangelist.com forward slash business owners radio and they'll just opt in get that email and get access to those three-part video training and then when you find success implementing those things you let me know some of them is going to challenge you I promise you that especially the third one but uh, I guarantee it'll give you some uh, give you some great results in the end Donald, thanks so much. That is great. We look forward to chatting with you again in the near future. 
Thank you, gentlemen, for having me. It's been fun, and I wish you great success. And your community is awesome. You guys are providing great value. And if you're out there listening to the show, I highly recommend that you continue to share this podcast. There are many people who can benefit from this. So thank you guys so much for the awesome value. Thanks, and we're going to be listening to your podcasts also. They're fantastic. Have a great one. Same to you. Thanks. And we've been speaking with Donald Kelly, a sales evangelist and provider of coaching and courseware for sales leadership and sales teams around the world. You can learn more about Donald, as well as find links to his website for additional content and his special offering on our show notes at businessownersradio.com. And after you've listened to the latest episode and waiting for the Monday release of the next, you might consider doing what Shy and I do while driving our cars. Listen to the latest business books on Audible. It's a great way to manage your time while continually adding to your growing business knowledge. Business Owners Radio and Audible.com have teamed up to offer you a free audiobook with a free 30-day trial to give you an opportunity to check out their service. Choose from over 180,000 titles for your mobile device. Just look for the Audible 30-day trial logo on the show notes at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.